Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. There's no faint of heart. No playing it safe. There's no hugging trees. No hugging it out. There's no asking permission. And there's no apologies. There's guts. There's glory. There's NASCAR. All season long on NBC and NBCSN. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today we are at NBC Sports Charlotte, about to tape NASCAR America with our guest, who not only is our guest on NASCAR America, he actually happens to be celebrating a birthday, although apparently not celebrating very hard is what I just heard from you, Matt DeBendo. You're not so big on birthdays, is that what I heard? To me, they're, at this point, I guess they're just kind of another day. So <laughs> hanging out, everyone's like, what's the plan for this evening? What, what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know, maybe we'll go to dinner and go to Top Golf and <laughs> no definite <laughs> plan. We'll get it figured out. Real exciting stuff then, huh? Yeah, I'm crazy. Me and my wife, we're real party animals, as you can tell. <laughs> well, I can tell from your Twitter videos that your house is really just a madhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, always. Constantly. Totally out of control with me Snapchatting, dancing, or singing by myself, or torturing her with the air horn, or, right. you know, all those wild and out of control things. I want to get to all that, because obviously that's a big part of who you are, and I think why you become a fan favorite this year. But before we get there, 26? Is that what I just heard? Yep, 26 okay. today. And that doesn't have any big significance. You're like halfway through your 20s now. No I know. Like at 25, at least, I could uh, get a rental car without the underage <laughs> fee. So I, there was something I could celebrate. But uh, now, I don't know, 26, nothing, nothing's jumped out at me yet. We were just talking about videos on Twitter. And in the course of doing some research for this, I saw that you did a video for your newest sponsor. I'll just let you explain it. I didn't memorize the branding. I was 
was just like so mesmerized by the actual production of the entire video. It was like you and a crew member, I believe. Yeah, it was our uh, team manager, Mason St. Hilaire. And uh, I have to give the credit to the man that's sitting over here near us, Ryan Ellis. Who's your PR guy. PR for the team. Mm -hmm. He came up with the brilliant idea. And when when he said it, I was like, oh my gosh. Well, first off, Happy Gilmore is one of my favorite all-time movies, which should be most people. (laughs) And I already knew every line to that part of the movie because it's one of my favorite ones. And uh, so he had that idea. He's like, dude, this would be great promo and hilarious for our sponsors weekend dick stevens jerky and it was too perfect and we intentionally tried to make it as cheesy as possible right right all the way down to like the really stilted dialogue did you guys do like a camera trick when you threw the, the <laughs> beef jerky okay yeah. yeah yeah we had yeah we cut away so i launched it in the air and then we cut it and then went over to uh, our friend on the team and then when he was catching i was literally standing right beside him and just tossed it right into his hands and <laughs> that was the next clip and happy gilmore was the inspiration for all of the dialogue yep it, that was it straight from there yep because okay. i could already recite every bit of that or you know and i made it made it as cheesy as i could especially like just like when it comes into his commercial part when i had the same tone where it was like dick stevens jerky i eat three <laughs> every day to help keep me strong <laughs> you know so that that made it made it as as corny and cheesy as possible and made it funnier did you have to do more than one take yeah it it wasn't it wasn't as bad as we expected actually uh mason uh, mason st hilaire is who uh runs our team he only had two lines and and he i think messed up as much or more times than i did just with those two little lines (laughs) that he had but oh we got it done quick quicker than you think it was really easy just because yeah it was so easy and natural it was like ryan literally had the ideas dude we should do this and then just set up a bunch of the packs of beef jerky uh, that are beef jerky mix and then we just rolled with it real quick we're like all right and we grabbed we yelled at one of the guys in the shop hey womack we need you for a minute and then, like that was literally how it came together do you have any like theatrical training in your back <laughs> okay none <laughs> No, I, I guess I'm just a, just a natural goofball. You're just getting good at this on-camera thing. I don't know. I've always been, uh, I've, I've never been camera shy. I always just like to have fun. I'm, I don't know. Nothing really makes me uncomfortable. So I think that's where my benefit comes in. Now, my wife, on the other hand, is the polar opposite of me. She would, if you put her in front of this microphone right now, she'd probably panic and just wouldn't know what to say, which is fun. Opposites attract, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, in the course of doing the research for this, I was reading uh, another interview that you had done recently with which. Jeff Gluck, your social media footprint, and you mentioned this. You said, I have a theory in life. When somebody makes fun of you or tries to pick at you, if you in turn make fun of yourself, what do they do? There's no response. That's the perfect way to sort of end someone picking on you. You have a good example for that? Like when you learned that or? It actually started with the funniest one that I did. And I have to censor some of these words. I don't know how I can explain this story. But anyways, driving, I've always been into cars. I'm a car nut. So mm-hmm. I like to modify my cars. You know, I, my, my F-150 is, you know, a bunch of stuff. Wheels, big tires, lifted it. And, you know, and it's, so it's a cool truck. Mm-hmm. That's what I do with every vehicle. So mm-hmm. I, I try and always have cool stuff what made me really realize it is i've i've been driving one of my cars before and i had a group of girls uh, come up next to me or somewhere i parked somewhere maybe and they come up they said oh are you compensating for something i was (laughs) like oh yeah small you know what The look on their faces was like, oh my gosh. And they didn't even know what to say. They were so awkward about that. And they just like, like, okay, and just walked away as quick as I could. Because what do you say back to that? Yeah, you make fun of yourself in turn. And they're like, oh, 
okay. They can't make fun of me anymore. So that is my theory on so that. So that's just sort of become your life philosophy. Yeah, make fun in, of yourself in and nobody yeah. can <laughs> yeah. not much that they can do in return. Or make fun of your long suffering wife, Taylor. Who oh yeah. Always yeah. plays along and is always like a willing participant, I think, right? Yeah, soon fans are gonna wanna just get me back and they're all gonna I think they're all gonna group together with Taylor <laughs> and come up with a plan of attack for me because poor girl takes all of my abuse and doesn't do a whole lot in return <laughs> other than maybe cry every once in a while when i get out the fake rubber snake or something that, that prank <laughs> goes too far she's not a big fan something else you said recently i don't know if this is in one of your videos if i read this you said that you're known as being a goofy guy but 95 to 99 percent of the time you're serious because you care about your career so much more than you can put into words is the goofy persona sort of a way that you can when you're in that car where you're at the racetrack every day you're, you're like giving so much of yourself that this is a way to sort of decompress from that part of your life yeah the the goofy side is i mean granted it is who i am for sure that's all those you know the videos of torturing taylor and all the funny stuff i do that that is just me being my normal self but when it comes to my racing career and you know time to get serious and what i do during the week all week uh, it'd be hard to find a more focused individual than myself because i mean like yesterday i woke up early like 6 30 in the morning and i was like oh i woke up early all right let's watch the entire last pocono race so i do that go to the shop study notes uh i'll even get on iRacing and just study or like practice making runs at pit road to get a general idea of stuff like anything you can do to make yourself better that's that's me you know most of the time because the career my career is so important to me so there it's all me and who i am it's just uh, i like to show you know every side of me and share it with the fans one of those sides what you showed the post new hampshire video was sort of a departure from what we normally see from matt de bandetto you were, you were beating yourself up about being perfect and about how i think you said you focused on a handling aspect you had been worried about your, your car being tight in the middle and everybody else had sort of live with that and you were like i can't make that mistake again one a lot of credit for being being so self-critical but two like how do you put that much pressure on yourself as somebody who drives for a single car team and doesn't have that feedback to get from other drivers I, mean, I know you won't be perfect but at the same time do you have that ability at your disposal to be that perfect yeah it, it's hard I'm so hard on myself I mean it's ridiculous if I, if I do something wrong or I feel like I failed my guys in any sort of way even if like you said we don't have near the resources of anybody but I'm still super hard on myself if I feel like I don't do my job to the best of my ability and do the whole week and perfect which is darn near impossible uh, i beat myself up and i i mean i'll literally lose sleep during the week be irritated um, it affects my whole week at home like that's how much i care about this stuff so it uh yeah that that weekend i was really really irritated with myself because if i could have gone and redone it over um, we could have had a, a easy top 20 run or maybe even top 15 like we we had a good car and, and i felt mostly responsible i put all the blame on myself you know if i could have done something better and fixed our weekend then i blame i blame me yeah. so yeah. yeah i'm definitely pretty critical on myself but there's some of that like you just can't know right until the race is over and then you sort of like realize oh i shouldn't have worried so much about this because obviously other people weren't struggling with that's something you can't know like another like a multi-car team would know right yeah i mean the amount of resources they have and notes and engineers and and yeah. people putting in input and simulation and all that stuff is is ridiculous compared to what we have to work with literally how we dial our car in and practice is me and my crew chief just communicating communicating the old school way and we look at pictures that, mm -hmm. that's it that's our whole uh, that's our whole process so it's definitely a lot harder but it's so much better it's i learn so much that way so when hopefully one day i do have the opportunity to have all of that stuff to work with it'll make it a million times easier um 
so I, I just I wouldn't want to learn any other way than than doing it this way. It's it's tough, but rewarding, you know, and it makes you learn very quickly. Well, I know there was no lost sleep this week because you're you're coming off this eighth place finish at, at the Brickyard with a team that has is it fifteen team members that go fast racing? Is yeah, fifteen race? employees. <laughs> yep, so a whopping fifteen. So when when you guys go on the road, do, do, do the lights just turn off at the shop? Is there anybody left behind who's doing anything? Or? Yeah, we have uh, we have a handful of guys okay. that are, are there. Um, yeah, so we'll have four or five guys work in our shop for them, and who also does our bodies and arrow. If I explain everyone's roles, there's not one person where I can be like, oh, he does just this. They're all like, yeah, shop foreman, right. arrow building. You know, there are no specialists this, building that. Yeah. <laughs> No, so it's all a ton of multitasking. But yeah, we just have a few guys that stay back and try and help prepare our car for the next week and be building bodies and stuff like that. So how did it feel? I know you've had a few days to digest it now to get that finish on Sunday. Oh, I've been in a good mood this week. So <laughs> I can tell. Good. It's not just because it's your birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I care less about that, but I definitely care a lot about a good run, so that's fun. Uh, those runs are huge, man. I guess we yeah, the Daytona 500 top 10 and Brickyard 400 top 10. So I guess I really put a lot of emphasis on these big races. So that's cool. It's it's huge for small teams like us, even uh, as far as the pay of it. Right. That helps our, our budget and our team a ton. Uh, so all those things just kind of put you a little bit ahead, put you in a better financial position. So, And it's great for our team just as far as media and the attention that we'll get from it because people know how little that we have to work with and how hard our team works to have those kind of runs. So it's dang cool running and outperforming guys on multiple, many times our budget. And But when we do outperform people that are on, you know, three, four, five, seven times our budget, they probably don't like it, but we do. There have been four guys who finished in the top 10, I think, at Daytona and Indy this year. And I think it was Almondinger, Kane, Logano, and yeah, you. <laughs> yep. I know. I looked, I was like, man, I feel out of place in there. But yeah, it's been just the four of us, which is pretty dang That puts cool. you in pretty and esteemed two, company. Yeah. yeah, and two of the biggest races of the year that's that's awesome and indy you know who would have figured that's a that's a tough one for the small teams in general to find good speed at you know the super speedways are sure a little different where you can you know be in the pack and right place right time but indy um we luckily had a good car and it fired off well in restarts that helped us tremendously especially at the end restart 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 red flags uh right. helped us a ton I mean, and the intrition helped too, but I mean, you were invested in that win as well because you said you had the save of your life at, at one point during the race, right? It wasn't like you just lucked into this. Yeah, we, yeah, our race definitely didn't go, nobody's went perfectly smooth by all means. Yeah, uh, me and AJ got together at one point. He came down on me and uh, tore up my right front fender, so we had to come in and fix it for a bit. Cluster getting into turn three uh, there toward the end, and I got clobbered in the left rear and literally on entry of the corner i got hit hard in the left rear turned dead sideways i mean all the way sideways and somehow barely gathered it back up it was a crazy save so yeah we definitely had our moments just like everybody else but i just we managed to keep it together and be there at the end and then on the restarts be in the right lane and pick them off a lot of people would dive to the bottom and fight so hard for the bottom that they would all just be parked and i would drive all around all of them on the outside and we pick <laughs> off like two or three on restarts that was kind of my strategy and what we did and it worked for me certainly matt i mean a finish like that is going to get you a lot more attention and you mentioned that you hope that the work you're doing now when eventually 
prepares you well that if you get a chance to get into one of those really well-funded rides somewhere down the line. There's been a lot of talk about the youth movement in NASCAR this year, but the names obviously are always the same. It's it's Kyle Larson, it's Ryan Blaney, and Chase Elliott. And not as much your name unless you finish well, but obviously you're, you're around the same age as those guys. Will you feel better about like that youth movement and all that narrative when someone like you breaks through and makes it? Are you waiting to see a moment like that happen? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously want to be winning races and running up front so bad it eats me alive inside just as a competitor right not that i'm not proud of what we do our i mean our versions of wins are different but i'm just as proud of you know getting great runs for a small team and overachieving every week and getting comments from some of those drivers as well like man you guys make so much with so little so that's still something to be really proud of but at the same time i pull for those guys hardcore like you know kyle larson and and those those guys to get then ryan blaney and them to w- get those wins and run up front because it it does uh, look good for even guys like myself and even Alex Bowman uh, getting the 88 ride. You pull for those guys to get in and do well because then teams will be like, oh, okay, maybe yeah. these guys can get it done. They're hungry. Yeah. So hopefully it helps me uh, to, to get those kind of opportunities. And I feel like I'm in a good spot, though, because I'm young. But at this point now in the Cup Series, I've been fortunate enough to get a lot of experience. So kind of young, but I also have a good bit of experience if I get – the chance to you know get in something where I can win it it won't be uh, there won't be any crazy learning curve I'm comfortable you know do you feel like is the dam starting to break a little bit more on on maybe getting an opportunity like that do you get calls or do you do you get feelers of uh, you know teams putting them out there about like hey if, if you might be available we might be interested a heck of a lot of crazy good comments from many people team owners managers I mean uh, oh, I could go through about everybody in the garage it's been crazy I'm really really happy where I'm at with go fast racing and I'm proud uh, of my guys and it, and it's cool you get really invested in being part of a small family team so you know I really like being there and I love helping them to build this whole program I mean look where they came from last year to this year something to be really proud of to be part of for us to be able to come over there and, and join a family team and to run as well as we do so um, obviously I, I'm straight up with with them like I'm loyal to them I would never leave our team to go do something that's people that we run around you know like I'd rather overachieve in our equipment try and make a lot out of a little but obviously if Dale Jr. had called me and wanted me to drive the 88 (laughs) my guys would understand my team would understand so there's a happy medium there you know I'm not going to be loyalty has to go uh, has to mean something um, in the sport you know so I'm loyal to my team and, and honest with them, and I don't like to hide anything from them, and, and I wouldn't go to other teams that are we run around or something sure. and be trying to scope out rides there, even if it paid a little more or something like that. That doesn't mean anything to me. So if I can get a chance to hop in something and be winning races, then then that's different. Obviously, I want to do that, and hopefully we can keep building our team. And But if opportunity comes for me to get in something to win races, then I'm, I'm obviously that's my goal at the end of the day. Well, Dale Jr. is your Snapchat buddy. So did, <laughs> yeah. did you ask him to put in a word for you or did, did you ever oh, say, yeah. hey, man, I'm, I can drive your car? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. He, he, you know, he tweets about me and talks about I'm most underrated driver and all this stuff. So I'll mess with him and be like, hey, uh, since you think so much of me, go ahead and put me in the 88. <laughs> you know? But uh, I knew that they had their plans over there, which is which is totally fine, but it's still great to have people like that on your side. And even Tony Stewart's helped me, you know, give me advice, says great things. So it's cool to have all these people on your side. And, um, you know, if you need to lean on them for advice or favors or help or something, that's not going to hurt in the long run in my career. Okay, let's pause the podcast here to tell you about a product from our presenting sponsor, STP. 
and that is the Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer. For more than 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products such as this to help engines perform at their best. And this newest product, the STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline. That helps keep fuel fresh during storage, especially in engines that are stored over an extended period of time. I have used products such as these for years in my personal cars. They're very easy to use. You just put the contents in the gas tank and they improve fuel efficiency and also keep your engines running smoothly. The STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer is compatible with all two and four-stroke engines including lawnmowers, boats, and motorcycles. And one bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. So be sure to check out the STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer. And now let's return to our conversation with Matt DiBenedetto. Speaking of Dale Jr., you said something else recently that somewhat reminded me of him. You said, I have a vision of, I think this is one of your Twitter videos. You said, I have a vision of competing for wins, but more importantly, I want to be someone who is the face of NASCAR, outgoing with fans. You want to inherit that Dale Jr. type mantle. Obviously, no one's going to fill his shoes exactly the way he fills them now, but there's going to be an opportunity there for somebody like that in the future. I was struck by that because I don't hear that from drivers a lot, Matt, about them being just so forthright about, yeah, I, I want to be a fan favorite. What makes you comfortable? enough to say something like that or, or to strive for something like that i think i've had to go go about the whole my whole racing career on such a difficult path in the old school way um it makes me appreciate it way more and the fans have been a big part of me getting here and getting sponsors and you know embracing my story i do appreciate them way more and i've been raised you know in a way of where my dad said i don't care if i'm in a wheelchair if i ever see you disrespect fan i'll make sure i can get out of it and kick your you know what so <laughs> you know I, i've i've learned to to appreciate them and, and it's not that hard to just have fun with them you know like um not knocking on anybody so i, I do watch i look up somebody like dale jr because he's just genuine he's himself with the fans that's all you need to do you don't need to act like something or anything different just be your normal old self they're just people you know you don't need to act like you're a huge celebrity and you know fly by them it's just all i do is just have fun with them and be different and take videos of them they love that stuff and it's so that's why i do have that vision where i can be i know i can be a fan favorite i'm not going to fill dale jr's shoes but i do i do know i feel like if i'm in a position where i'm winning races and we have that kind of media attention i'm doing my normal old stuff that i do with the fans just being myself feel like I could darn near take over the world, you know, <laughs> it's yeah, just, yeah. just because uh, it's all about being different. And I feel like I'm different than other people. If you can get that platform and that stage that comes with being successful, you, you feel like you can take care of the rest. Well, heck, my my best example I've been so fortunate to be a part of is, is we were in the running for getting the all-star right, fan boat right. <laughs> in our little old team, you know, little family right. team running, uh, you know, close to, close to knocking Chase Elliott for the fan boat, you know, like we right. beat out. A lot of guys. I mean, Clint Boyer, Austin Dillon, like uh, Danica. I think we were we were close with Danica. I think we, from what I'm hearing, maybe we edged her out. Like if Chase would have raced his way in, I think could have been us. But like all these big household names, just through having a truly dedicated organic fan base. That that's just how dedicated my my people are, my fans are, and people on Reddit and like, and it's 
it's true fans. There was no rigging, no nothing. That's just like her working hard and people like saying I'm voting every single day, a whole group of them. So that um, I feel like, you know, imagine what we can do if I'm winning races one day. You mentioned that your dad said he would kick your butt if you ever didn't treat fans correctly. Did he instill a lot of these values? I know it sounds like he was from a blue collar type background he's an appliance repairman am i I right okay so did that is that where that kind of came from yeah my dad's he was pretty strict on me growing up um but he's not like they're not luckily they don't get involved in my business or not like involved in all my affairs and working with my teams they don't like you know do all that stuff i've done everything on my own since uh, we quit racing in late models yeah he was really strict on me growing up as far as just having good values and treating people right in general so that just in life in general and and you know that applies to my profession luckily so right I instilled those values and what i do what i do today so yeah he uh he definitely you know he watches he's just an old school guy and he watches some guys and they'll see if somebody like blows off a kid or something you know for an autograph and just ignores them or doesn't treat them right or whatever within reason he that pretty well pisses him off and it makes me <laughs> mad too because i was just raised differently than that yeah and he placed a big bet on you for people who listening to this and aren't aware he moved you and your mom from northern california to hickory north carolina about 11 years ago i think around oh man i think a little more it was like 2004 okay yeah. all right so okay i think that's right i think i think 2004 is what i saw actually it was my colleague at nbcsports.com dustin long had done a story on you back then when yeah. you were just 15 yeah and at that point your parents had already spent more than a hundred thousand dollars on your career to, to get you into go-karts and to get you on that path from I guess, what did you start out doing, like outlaw carts or something like that? Yeah, I actually grew up racing with uh, Kyle Larson out in California at Cycleland Speedway. Right, okay. Uh, racing the dirt outlaw carts. They believed in you enough to just spend their own money and make this move kind of on wing and a prayer thinking you've got this talent. What was the, the moment, I guess, for them? Was there somebody who convinced them that they thought you could you could make it if, if they invested that much in you? It's like craziest dang story <laughs> uh yeah it was a lot of other people i'm a first generation guy so nobody in my family cared about racing ever watched it in their life i always joke and say i must be adopted or something because <laughs> i'm the only gearhead in my entire family yeah just through watching nascar then starting racing then winning a lot of stuff through crazy stories of how we got started but um yeah other people were like man you guys have got to like take him and try and pursue this you need to look at moving to the east coast for racing and nascar is huge so i think we were just naive enough to do it this would be the best uh, i don't know if it would be like determined uh, it would probably be the wrong word it would be just we were completely naive enough that we were like oh yeah let's do this not thinking of if we'd have known the journey ahead and the struggles that we were going to face and just how impossible it it is and was going to be impossible is the best word to use not not hard you know like because <laughs> like five thousand things had to line up perfectly for me to be here and that's not even a joke if one was out of place i would be doing anything else i, I wouldn't be racing you know unless we had a, a whole bunch of money and sponsorship then then it's different but but we don't yeah we we just made the move and then realized oh my gosh we're insane uh <laughs> my parents did more so like this yeah. is, we cannot afford to do this so we quit or my parents sold everything at the end of 2007 mm-hmm. every car 
or we had two cars, truck, trailer, every single part that we had that involved a race car cleaned out our little shop we had and sold it all. And I thought I was done. And since then, I've been on my own, just networking all by myself. You mentioned 5,000 things that had to go right just to get you to where you are right now. Is there one example of something you can think of that like, man, we were this close to this not going breaking the right way and putting me in position to be here oh there's so many i couldn't yeah. i mean there it's i got my break with with gibbs which was crazy in itself how that came about um it literally started with one of our neighbors back in california when i was racing go-karts emailed uh, joe gibbs wife said hey watch this kid you know you can, i'm sure he gets nine zillion of those right watch this kid through crazy connections, we came out here. Um, we beat their team in limited late models that they Gibbs had a developmental team. Mm-hmm. We beat them for the championship. Word got back to Joe Gibbs that that girl was like, hey, remember that kid I told you about years ago? Yeah. So that got around the shop. And, and Joe Gibbs was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And then through like a bunch – I don't even know what the craziest connection would be. There's so many of them that had to line up. Like yeah. that crazy of stuff, yeah. that's like one of – a couple thousand examples of what had to line up so I, I i would just put it all to fate that you know hopefully it's just meant to be that i yeah i got this far because you you surely couldn't line it all i couldn't have had control and lined it up the way that it did yeah to be here are your your parents are still living in north carolina yep they're still out here still yeah they they like it out in north carolina okay it's it's kind of home to to us now we've been here for so long and we we love it out here so it worked out okay even though <laughs> if you hadn't made it or not they still found a, a nice place to live I yeah guess. exactly <laughs> yeah they, they enjoy it it's it's cheaper out here on the east coast to live and it's uh and it's just just nice we we like it out here and my wife and i still live a little out outside of all the the craziness we live in hickory north carolina so little, oh you guys live out quieter. there okay wow yeah that's that makes for a long drive i bet to, to yeah, get to the shop, an hour right? to get out down here yeah it's tough i think i think at some point we'll um, I'll see. Hopefully, obviously, my racing career keeps on progressing, and I feel like I have a lot of stability for a long time to come. But I think we'll um, have to look at moving a little closer. We don't. We're both yeah. the same. Well, she's a country girl. She grew up yeah. out in the sticks. So <laughs> we we both like peace and quiet. And I would like to. We'd probably like to live on land or something. So we'd have to still be outside <laughs> of all. You know, surely couldn't be in Charlotte or anything like that. But somewhere a little closer would be make make the racing life a little easier. When your your family does that much for you to like help you pursue a dream, I'm not just talking about financially, but like, is it ever possible to sort of pay back like everything they did for you, time, money, effort? How do you look at that? I think luckily, you know, they don't want anything in return. They're just so proud. Yeah. So that's that's cool. I think there's no greater gift to them than just how proud they are of watching me every weekend. And um, I mean, my my parents and my wife and everybody gets so you know they get so dang excited and we have good runs just because it's they know just how, well, all the stuff we've had to go through makes you appreciate it so much more like man when i see uh, no offense to these guys again no knock on them it's to each their own but like when ryan blaney won his first race at pocono it's ryan blaney so mm-hmm. he's not like a guy that gets all you know high strung or out of control or anything but me and ryan my ryan ellis who does our pr joke about this all the time when the day comes that i win a cup race i will be completely out of freaking control <laughs> like the tv will have the best time and the best coverage of their life because i would yeah. be nuts of how hard we had to work my family will be going insane my wife will be going insane like we'll all be freaking crazy right so i don't know how these guys can win their first <laughs> cup race like it's 
cup race, man. Yeah. That's what you shoot for since you're a little kid and you achieve it. I don't know. They get out, throw their hands up like, yeah, yeah, good race, man. It's fun. Thanks to the guys back at the shop. I wouldn't even know what to say. I'd be just freaking like insane out of the car, jumping all over. And, you know, I joke, I'm like, I'd probably... I tell Ryan, I'm like, I about, about want to take all my clothes off, run around in my underwear on the front stretch to pull a Ricky Bobby. I don't know. It'll be something insane. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, teach their own, but maybe that's the difference between coming up in a racing family and not. When you're around the racetrack and around Cup Garage your entire life, it's probably different than somebody like you. I mean, that's essentially, that's the culmination. That's the payback is if you win that race, you've made it all worthwhile and not that it it isn't already, but you've made it worthwhile for everything they did to get you to that point, right? I mean, it's yeah. kind of like a different perspective. The harder you work for something, the more you appreciate it. That's just uh, where I'm at. And I and also, when I got to Gibbs, granted, I had to work really hard to get there. I still couldn't appreciate where I am today as much as having to rebuild even from there from nothing. And I mean, work tirelessly all these years. You just you can tell someone how much they should appreciate it, but if they haven't had to go the same path that i've had to go about it you, you just can't instill that in somebody they'll be like oh i know yeah it's great cup but the, they you just can't it's just different for everybody it's just different for me and ryan can relate because he did the same thing he's he didn't come from you know any crazy background he just worked the old school way and hard way to try and um, get as many rides as he could i've had to do it the same way and so just having to do it that way naturally makes you appreciate it more. So that's why when I uh, win a race, I'll be so out of control. Right. <laughs> it's because that's what I've dreamed of since I was a little kid. And then you put in, you know, 20 something years of hard work. I didn't have a childhood of focusing on hanging out with friends and doing this. It was racing. My life's been racing and working on it. That's all I do day and night. And that's all I think about live, eat, sleep, breathe. So right. when you accomplish that goal, you're bound to be pretty dang excited. Naturally, when I did the research for this story, I came across D-Burrito, but I wasn't able to determine the origins of D-Burrito. Is that a Reddit uh, invention? Where, where did where did your nickname come from? Ryan, have we determined where originally? Was it Ryan Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> I never know whether I should believe Ryan or not. <laughs> yeah. So you started it, right? The the burrito, yeah. So I'm gonna have to give credit. Ryan, Ryan gets a lot again, of credit for what's happening in your career. Ryan's, right yeah, I know. Ryan's <laughs> getting he's he's stealing all my thunder. <laughs> no, he does. Uh, so yeah, the deep burrito thing, along with many others, have come from my friendship with Ryan. <laughs> so that got started, and holy moly, that has taken off like crazy. Not even from pushing it, just people like. Well, I mean, I like food, so that works out good with it, yeah. and it's a lot easier than. To Benedetto, everybody can say deep burrito, <laughs> and everybody loves it. And then on Reddit, it went crazy, and now it's just kind of went crazy with all the fans. And now at all the races, I get everyone to yell "Go deep burrito!" And so it totally took off. That's like a total sponsor avenue that we need to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. would be crazy yeah. not to right. jump on board with that. I and mean, you've already got the beef jerky or whatever. Why not burritos? I know well. yeah, we're going down the right path. <laughs> Speaking of your last name, have you heard the mashup that they play on Sirius XM sometimes of your name? Oh, I don't know. Do you have it? I do. I'm going to play it for you right now. It starts with two hosts, and then it ends with Dale Jr. on his team. Did you hear about this on his his exclamation on his team radio after your sixth at Bristol? Oh um, no! I'll, I'll just right. I'll just let I'm you hear, it. hear this. They, they play this on Sirius XM all the time. Matt DiBenedetto. Matt DiBenedetto. Matt DiBenedetto. Never mind. <laughs> That's Junior. Didn't <laughs> That's know if you'd, if you'd heard, heard that, but I mean, 
I wouldn't be upset about having a name like yours if people like stumbled all over it and, and people made little promos out of it. It's kind of cool. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, every time every time Dale Jr. sees me, he's like, "Dibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidib
A reminder that NASCAR America is on 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time weekdays on NBCSN. NASCAR is at Watkins Glen International this weekend. Xfinity practices on Friday are at noon and 2.30 p.m. Both are on the NBC Sports app. On Saturday, Cup practice is at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on NBCSN. Xfinity qualifying at 11 on NBCSN. Final Cup practice at 12.30 p.m. on NBCSN. And then Countdown to Green at 1.30 p.m. and the Xfinity Race at 2 p.m. on NBCSN. That will be our special radio-style broadcast from multiple vantage points around the track in conjunction with MRN and SiriusXM announcer Mike Bagley. On Sunday, Cup Qualifying is on at noon Eastern on NBCSN and will be followed by extensive pre-race coverage on NBCSN, starting with NASCAR America at 1 p.m. Eastern, Countdown to Green at 2.30, and the Green Flag around 3.18 p.m., again, all on NBCSN. A reminder that the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP is on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Spotify, and most podcasting apps. If you can leave a rating or review or just tell people that you like what you hear, that really helps us out. Or even better, tell guests like Matt DiBenedetto you liked what you heard. That helps me build some street cred. I don't want to jinx our upcoming lineup as always, but there will be some more cup crew chiefs and drivers that you have heard of in the near future coming to the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP. If you have feedback, as always, send it to me on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. 